0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Without further ado, we're bringing a man on to grill him about his offseason because we just did Omega NL West division roundtable, and we all agreed the D-backs had the best offseason of any of the teams. So we figured why not bring Javier Reyes on to talk about the Padres offseason and the moves that they might have made or lack thereof. Javi, how are you doing today, sir?
0: Doing great, man. Miller Thomas, the host of Locked on Diamondbacks, believes <laughs> that the Diamondbacks had the best offseason. Of course, look, we've done a lot of crossovers and that's up there with one of your greatest spin zone moments. I know that you love to do that. Um, everybody, you should check out the video if you have it. Um, it should be up on uh, all of our channels, basically. Uh, Next week. And just the the, the, the the grin he had while trying to pull this off was was second to none. And, and I love it, man. And I'm happy to talk baseball all the time. And as usual, play each other in the opener. That just keep, keeps happening every year. It's a time yeah. Padres. Part three. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. the opening series for a season that I think a lot of people are really excited for.
1: Yeah. The D-backs listeners will hear my off season take about the D-backs next Tuesday. And it's kind of funny because I did my grading the D-backs off season on yesterday's podcast. And I gave the D-backs a C plus, I believe for their off season. Mm -hmm. So a C plus off season, and they had the best off season in the NOS crazy how that just works out. But I want to talk a little bit about the Padres offseason, Javi. Let me look at my list of okay. questions. My first one, before we get into the nitty-gritty the details, me. the minutia. Yeah, I it. first want to start with the podcast title that I had yesterday, grading the offseason. So how do you grade the Padres offseason?
0: The Padres season, I would think, because you've made fun of me before. And we're going to break down both of our teams and the opening series and whatnot, of course, later on. But. You've mocked me a little bit. Said, look, oh, look. the Padres just kind of stood there and did nothing. Mm-hmm. I think that considering what constraints the Padres had, I think I'm ready to give them a B minus or a C plus. I think that yes, and you look at it in a vacuum and you say, one of the worst second half fallouts in major league baseball history. It's up there with there was this team. I th- I think it was a Cleveland, it, w- it was Cleveland from like nineteen eighty or something like that, that had one of the worst fallouts. It's them and the Padres, I think. Don't check me on that. I'm probably wrong, but it's been a long time since a team has had such a fall off like the Padres. And you would think, wow, all they did was bring in like a, a, a middling starting pitcher who wasn't very effective. The last time he was in major league baseball and Voy, and then a couple relievers. Wow. That's really like depressing. But I think that if you take into account the Padres situation and the fact that they are top in, of the league in payroll, not the very top, but amongst the top in the payroll, the fact that they have a lot of unmovable guys, Right, they don't have an easy place to plug in and get players, right? And in fairness, like I said, they're already spending a lot. Unlike a lot of other teams in baseball that have bad off seasons, it's not like the Padres aren't spending, right? So I can actually forgive and not get immediately upset with ownership if they don't want to go out there and sign Nick Castellanos to a five-year, $100 million deal. I at least get it. Would I like it? Maybe. I'm I'm a little bit out on Castellanos personally, but love the guy I just think that for the Padres he could be a little bit that might have been a mistake but I think getting Luke Voigt I think basically giving up a, a your 15th best prospect and Justin Lang who don't get me wrong Padres prospects they do a lot better pitching wise it seems if another team takes them I get that he's had some some high velocity before even if he struggled with some control but to get a DH like that who has serious home run power talked about this on my podcast 2020 led the major leagues in home runs. And 2019, if you just look at a per game basis, one of the better sluggers in the league, WRC plus was high. His isolated power was high, right? It was not just the Yankee stadium thing. You know, this isn't Gleyber Torres who was able to play Yankee stadium and just mashed against the Orioles, right? This is a legit bet. Can you stay healthy is another question, but just for taking a flyer, I loved the move, right? Um, The problem is that they're in a division with the Dodgers and the Giants. And I think that when you compare it to those guys, it looks a lot rough. But this is—I think it was an off-season that, from what I expected, I think they did quite well. I think there's a couple other moves I would have liked to see them make that you're probably going to ask me about. But for what they had to do, they did pretty good. And for all the Padres fans who are wondering, you know, why can't they do anything? Well, that's what happens when you go all in. You kind of have to—you reap what you sow. And having Snell, having Darvish, having Clevenger, having the guy at first base. It means that you can't just go out and get guys because you already have some. You're committed to these guys right now, so that's the thing: is you have to pick and choose your moments. Did the Padres choose the wrong moments, Golan? I don't know, but you know that's just where we are right now. That was a long answer to your question.
1: (laughs) No, it was perfect. And I like the Luke Voigt move. Like you said, power guy. I don't know why the Yankees kind of fell out of favor with Luke Voigt, but you basically gave up a middling prospect for him who maybe he'll turn out to be an all-star level pitcher, but most of those guys you never hear about again. So I would rather take the guy who hit 20-plus home runs in a 60-game season than the guy who I might not see over the course of four years. And looking up and down this Padres roster, like – I don't know what the move would have been because a lot of their positions already seem solidified. Like the rotation, they got four to five guys already there. Their top six in their lineup is already there. Like I feel like the move that needed to be made by the Padres was more addition by subtraction with Eric Hosmer or Will Myers because I I know he's he to not be named in Eric Hosmer. But entering the (laughs) offseason, What was like your wish list for this Padres team? Was it just getting off some of those bad contracts or were there any players out
0: there that you actually wanted the Padres to target? If miraculously they were able to get off the first baseman's contract, that would have been amazing, right? That would have been amazing. But in fairness, I've kind of come around to been like, man, you're just going to take an L of a trade. You're going to attach a CJ Abrams just to get rid of this guy. Is that worth it? Or do you want to just be looking at it and say, well, in fairness, he costs $7 million less next year? It's at least something, right? Will Myers will be off the books. So I understand not wanting to trade what left you have of the offseason of uh, the, the farm system. The way I saw it was, I was interested in both Alex's, both Alex Wood and Alex Cobb, who both ended up going, of course, because God forbid any other team, help out the Padres and keep them away from our division rivals to the Giants. And Alex Cobb apparently has seen a giant increase in velocity lately he's actually throwing 97 and he was averaging 93 uh last year so i think he's going to be great for them is that a giants thing right because some people might be thinking well that's just because the giants know what they're doing fair that's a fair thing i also really like tyler anderson who the dodgers got and then in terms of offense michael conforto and mark canna were the two guys that i was really interested in and then uh, nelson cruz as well ends up going to the 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 nationals of course but the Nationals were just willing to pay a little bit more. But Mark Canna, one of the underrated like top 20 outfielders just in terms of his defense, his WRC. He can walk a lot, and he's solid. And he's got a really fun Instagram, just posting pictures of food all the time. I like Mark Canna. Seems like a good dude. Um, that, And then Michael Conforto, because I just don't see a long-term investment. Everyone was asking for Castellanos. My thing was liability in the outfield. And it's not like with the current construction of the Padres, they could have just thrown him at DH. It's like, well, then you don't have a left fielder now. You know what I'm saying? So it was this whole can of worms to untangle. So those were kind of my top targets. But, you know, some people might be surprised. Well, wouldn't you want Castellanos? Wouldn't you want, you know, Marcus Simeon or all these top guys? Well, the Padres aren't in a position to be, you know, going for those guys right now, unfortunately, um, for better or worse and whether or not people agree with AJ Brothers moves.
1: Yeah, the guys you mentioned were pretty attainable. It's not like those guys yeah. would have broke the bank or anything like that. Like Michael Conforto, mm-hmm. you can still get Conforto, like he's still a free yeah, agent. It's still he's possible. Still out- yeah, <laughs> he's, like, still he's still hanging out, out there. there. Yeah, he's just chilling. He's like, hey, my shoulder was hurting, <laughs> hey, but I'm healthy again. Just come pick me up.
0: By the time we're recording this, he might have signed with a team, maybe even the Padres. It's not impossible, but he's re-engaged with uh uh teams on talks. Smells like a guy who's gonna take a prove it deal on a one maybe two year maybe two year maybe an option type of thing yeah that's something the padres can do because then it just becomes money where it's, it becomes like kind of an expiring a little bit where it's like all right maybe you can convince ownership we're only doing it this year and then next year it'll be a lot but who knows
1: yeah, everyone thought the player empowerment was when baseball players start signing these 10-year, $300 million contracts. No, the player empowerment is going to be when you see more Carlos Correa type deals where it's three years and it's an opt-out after every single season. These are the LeBron-type contracts where it's like a one and one You give me a fully guaranteed one year and then I can opt out every season after that. So I think we might see more of those contracts coming up mm-hmm. in the future. And I do want to ask you about A.J. Preller and whether last year's trigger happiness might have – been a reason he hesitated this offseason. But before we get there, Javi, I want to talk to you mm. about Bilt Bar. Because have you ever tried a Bilt Ooh. Bar? Do you ever-
0: have oh, you? Have I tried a Bilt Bar? They're the best. Oh, they're the best. They're the best. The what's best. your favorite flavor? Apple Almonds Crisp. A little bit of a hipster pick oh. on my part. But after all, I am a hipster with this hat yeah. that I've been wearing. And since it is open day, I forgot to reveal to everybody my haircut. <laughs> okay. There you go. Oh. I forgot to do that at the top of the podcast. oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Wow. We got a
1: new man for the new season, but let me remember this is a built bar ad. So the reason (laughs) (laughs) let's not go off on a tangent here. This is a built bar ad. So, the reason why I asked you what your favorite flavor is, Javi, not to show off your haircut, but to enforce the <laughs> idea that Bilt Bar is delicious because it's the reason I've been able to stick to my New Year's resolution. It's, it's going to be April by the time they're listening to this podcast. And usually by April, I'm like, whoa, I'm back to eating flaming Hot Cheetos on my couch. I'm back to just playing video games every day. But not this year, Javi. Built Bar has kept me on track. I'm, I'm going to the gym. I'm losing weight. And it's because of Built Bar because it tricks me. Every time I want some chocolatey or something that's like a dessert, I just grab my Built Bar because it tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. And the, they even have these things called puffs, which are infused with marshmallow and they're fluffy. And like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate soft and easy to chill. If you want your own built bar? Just go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And also, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day, unless it's Lockdown Padres, but either way, you got to make Lockdown MLB prospects with host Lindsey Crosby, your second listener of the day, because Lindsey is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Javi. I teased us there before we did the little live read, but let me ask you, do you think Preller's aggressiveness last offseason and some of those deals coming back to bite him in the butt might have been a reason why he wasn't as aggressive or really not aggressive at all this offseason?
0: Yeah, and just the way that I jumped the gun on taking off my hat and probably shouldn't have done it uh, during the ad read, uh, AJ Peller, uh, it's it's perfectly reasonable. I think he gets a little bit of, of flack on certain trades. I think my Clevenger, yes, they give up a lot. Cal Quantrill all of a sudden looks like a very quality star. I shouldn't even say all of a sudden he was actually decently effective for the Padres, but yes, but that's a trade where well, Clevenger got hurt. Right. And who knows how he performs if he was healthy those two years. You would have him for two years, not just this one year upcoming. But I think a lot of people view that trade a whole lot differently. So that's a little bit unfair to beat up on him for. But the Austin Nola trade, Ty France, looks really, really good right now. And oh man, if there you know there's a bizarro universe where he's playing first base and they haven't they don't even have to worry about giving him a, a big extension or money just yet instead of the current grand ball gremlin that they do have, right? But at the same time, it's it's tricky. Because you look at this offseason and, you know, I'm wondering if some people might be thinking, should they have extended Tatis so soon, right? Because you did have the club control. Did you have to do that? Yes, it means that he would have cost more in the future. But even still, you lock him up. That affects your ability to make a team now, even if potentially, Mm -hmm. you know, four years from now, he would have commanded like, you know, 500 million or whatever the heck. Right. But it is a fair thing to bring up, especially for a guy who is now hurt. Unfortunately, who's not going to be in the opening day lineup for sure. So you have all those things. Darvish, he's on the books for this year and next year. And then, you know, it's just just Blake Snell, same thing. Like, there's a lot of question marks here with this team. But I will say this, Millard. I will say this. What are you going to say? You know, it's not impossible. You know, you, Darvish, is going to be the opening day starter for uh, the Padres uh, against your D-backs, which should be very, very fun. Um, And I know that the D-backs torched him. Every team started torching after the sticky stuff thing. But the key thing with this Padres team is their rotation has a lot of guys where you can see the upside, right? You can see Mike Clevenger going 150 innings this year, being pretty reliable and just being a solid starter. You could see that. Right? He was really great when they traded for him. They traded for him for a reason. Blake Snell, with that fastball slider combo and abandoning the curveball, new pitching coach and stuff like that, he was really great at the end of last season. You can see him bouncing back. And then you could also see Joe Musgrove repeating what he did last year. I have almost no doubt that he's going to repeat what he did last year. Basically, no doubt. I think everything he did was legit. And then, you know, you just kind of look at the rest of the team and you're saying, all right, like I could talk myself in a paddock at least being useful or at minimum being a trade chip. I could talk myself into Ryan Weathers making a leap and kind of being better than he was last year because he was good at one point last year, right? Then you could talk yourself into Mackenzie Gore. He was a top prospect for a reason. He was the number one pitching prospect in the grand scheme of things not too long ago, right? We've seen plenty of pitching prospects that take a little bit of time to get there. Jose Barrios of the Blue Jays, he just got paid, right? Lucas Giolito, Carlos Rodon, top overall um, draft picks that took a while before they broke through. So don't give up on Mackenzie Gore. I just think that there's a lot of at least to like on this Padres team, even if it's hard to see the immediate improvements because we're used to the Padres making all the fun moves and making all the splashes.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm not going to be surprised if they have a bounce back because they had so many players, especially in that rotation, that just had down years. We also forget, I mean, you don't forget, but I'm sure maybe D-backs fans forget, like, the Nelson Lamette was supposed to come into the year and be a potential Cy Young Award candidate last season, and yeah. he was pretty much hurt the whole season. You have Clevenger hurt. Uh, you you just had a whole bunch of guys either hurt or just having really down seasons like those Blake Snell splits home road are absolutely insane you Darvish post sticky stuff absolutely insane some of his numbers so I think you really just got a lot of down seasons and seasons you wouldn't expect from a lot of those guys but assume the Padres don't meet their expectation level again this season do you think AJ Preller could be on the hot seat because when I do look at last year's moves most of them Probably haven't worked out so far. Like you, Darvish, so far, you wouldn't say is a mm. win. Blake Snell, you wouldn't say is a win. Mike Clevenger, you wouldn't say is a win. Haseen Kim, you wouldn't say is a win. Really, the only win among the Preller moves last season was Joe Musgrove, who does look like a legit, you know, at least frontline starter, number one or number two. But now you have to make a decision are we going to pay this guy? Because I know we talked mm-hmm. off air, he's going to be a pending free agent. So before yeah. we talk about Musgrove and his pending free agency, if the Padres don't live up to the expectation level this season. Could you see Preller on the hot seat? Because I think uh, I think you probably already mentioned you got Bob Melvin now. You already swapped out the coach. You can't blame Tingler anymore for the collapse. So if it happens again, mm-hmm. I feel like the GM has to be the next one to go.
0: I don't think it would be this season. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be this season. I really do believe that the signing of Machado, that the trade for Tatis, I think there's a lot of forgiveness allotted you know what I'm saying and it's not like the Padres fire everybody they've had a lot of managers replaced but I don't see that for GM but but in fairness since 2015 I could see it I could see it it's not impossible I just I think that they would have to be very I think they would have to be below 500 again that's what I think would have to happen if they win like 88 games I don't think it happens I think you talk yourself into saying hey we're gonna have Abrams up next year for sure he's gonna get better Gore is gonna get better And we'll be able to move things around and whatnot, right? We'll we'll find a way, right? If they are below 500 and they look like a disaster, then I could see it because then ownership is going to be looking at this and being like, how are we spending this much money? And how did you destroy one of the best farm systems in the history of baseball over the span of just a few years? And you missed on essentially almost every trade, right? I could see it. It's, It's absolutely an option, but as of right now, I don't see it. They did have, pretty sure relatively uh recently give him an extension. So for now I don't see it. But uh it's it's in the cards, man. It's in the cards.
1: Yeah, so we'll talk about whether it's a smart bet to bet on Joe Musgrove. But if you want to place a bet,
0: do you know where you have to go, Javi? Where do I have to go, Millard? Where do I have to go?
1: You have to go to BetOnline because after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, BetOnline remains the best spot for your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. It's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And Javi. I do want to talk a little bit about Joe Musgrove, but I actually first want to ask you what, where is Denelson Lemay? I actually haven't done any research about him. Like, is he still on the team? Is he still expected to maybe make the rotation? Yeah, what's going on with him?
0: He's on the team, but it's it's kind of like maybe a long inning reliever type of role. It feels like they're kind of abandoning the hope of the starter. But in fairness, we haven't heard too much. There's like a whole fifth starter battle at the time of we're recording this, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, they might go to a six man. I could see that. They might do a six man where it's uh, two guys that go three innings each. Like we don't know. There's so, there's a lot of experimentation. Uh, assuming they don't make any giant trade beforehand. I know Brian Reynolds was mentioned, but uh, yeah, I don't really know. Bre- Reynolds. Is, uh, I mean, not Reynolds. Uh, it's Los muscle Mets, uh, unfortunately a little bit of a mess right now. Um, you know, and we haven't. Can I can I ask you a question though? <laughs> yeah, I, please ask me a question. I got. Yeah, like we, we do. We you. do have to ask you some questions because it is a crossover after all. Not not to cut you off totally, but oh, what, no, what no, is kind all- of an like- X factor? Pod, oh. Just a simple question. I know that Diamondbacks aren't expected to be competitive, so this isn't one of those things where you're like, oh, we got to learn everything about the D-backs. But, you know, what's a guy that Padres fans need to look out for? A, maybe, you know, just a guy that people might not be talking about. You know, maybe a guy who's going to bounce back, because I know I have one uh, that could be an x factor for the Padres, but go ahead.
1: Okay, I think a lot of people would probably assume, I'm going to say like Dalton Varsho, someone someone who was a highly touted prospect coming up, struggled mm. in the first half last season, had a mm. breakout second half in. Yeah, mm, I'm throwing it back on you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and He's someone I've said a lot. He's a huge swing player for the D-backs this season. But I got a new guy of who can be the X factor for the D-backs this season. I'm going with the man we acquired in the Zach Greinke trade, Seth Beer. Now, the reason he hasn't played on the MLB level just yet is because he is atrocious at defense. Zach Buchanan Mm -hmm. last year, a couple years ago, before 2020 season said he will not be called up until they bring the Universal DH back. Well, guess what? The Universal DH is back, and it's here to stay. So it is time to get Seth Beer in the lineup because when you look at every checkpoint of his career, he has smashed his way through the minors. You look at his little, like, Three-game stint he had on the MLB level last season to end the year with the D-backs before he got hurt. He was smashing the ball in like 10 plate appearances. Even in spring training this year, he's been smashing the ball. At every checkpoint, Seth Beer has crushed it and shown he can be a real offensive threat. And the D-backs were a team that finished 2nd, fewest home runs last season in Major League Baseball. Seth Beer has 30 home run potential. He will not be playing first base defensively unless Christian Walker, Paven Smith, and every defensive first baseman in the system gets hurt and everyone else around Major League Baseball gets hurt. That might be the only way he plays first base, but should he be the DH? Damn yes, because he might have the best offensive repertoire of all D-backs players after like a Ketel Marte of our show. Maybe it's a battle with Carson Kelly. I like it. I like it because the DH is
0: a big thing, uh, right? Like I know that we've talked about it probably on both of our respective podcasts a lot, but like that changes things because it means that you're going to have all these guys that might not be great off the defensive players. Like you mentioned, that can make a little bit of an impact. It's more lineup manipulation, right? More interesting strategies. I guess we could have this. So that is a name because yeah, Dalton Varsho is one that I hear from the Diamondbacks a lot. So I appreciate you bringing up, bringing up your man there, bringing up your man just a little bit.
1: Yeah, the DH is something, of course, we've talked about ad nauseum. I'm trying to get it back. I know we've argued with the old people like Sully Baseball about trying to get the universal (laughs) DH back because I don't know why people want to see the strategy. Like we saw the strategy implemented last season. The Brewers had to leverage great starting pitching from Freddie Peralta just so they could get Potentially one run with like the bases loaded in the fourth inning of their series last mm-hmm. season. I don't think they got that run, and then you have to take Freddie Peralta out when he was cruising through mm-hmm. four or five innings. So that's not a strategy I want to see. So I'm glad to see the universal DH back. Nelson Cruz, like you mentioned earlier, would have been an interesting name. I don't know why the Nats are signing Nelson Cruz at like 43 years old. They're a team that's going to be in last. I guess Flip just a trade that piece. Line. That's about it. Flip just acquire assets. Just acquire assets. Uh, before we wrap up today, Javi, I'll get you on one more question. And since you threw it to me, let me throw it back. To you, what do you have as the X factor for the Padres this season?
0: Tatis X factor for the Padres. <laughs> Did you say Tatis? Yeah, Tatis's shoulder X factor. That was mean. That was me. Yeah, that was, me? That was below the belt. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> I actually <laughs> like Tatis.
1: I'm sorry, Tatis. You're everyone like one does. The only everyone does. Yeah, everyone I know you slandered probably. him on Twitter
0: before. Oh, the yeah. Bird His before.
1: Defense. oh yeah, the
0: defense. You got defense slander. isn't that bad. It
1: yeah. isn't that bad. It's just like yeah. 20. It's all right. We don't know. His defense isn't
0: bad. bad. It it Hassan Kim, you brought him oh. up earlier. I think Hassan Kim is a major X factor, and here's why. Among qualified infielders last year, his defensive run save total was pretty incredible. I think he had a little bit under 10 defensive run saves, considering the amount of playing time he had. And as of right now, again, we don't know. We're recording a little bit early. Um, it's probably between him, Abrams. You got Jerickson Profile around there. Maybe they move Jake Cronenworth to shortstop. We don't know. But Hasan Kim is probably the likely person that could get a lot more reps. If he becomes just an average MLB hitter, let's say he hits 240 with a 320 on base, right? Not that great. Hints of power, maybe 15 mobs, something like that. The defense is so good that over the majority of the season, he could be a three-war player potentially. That's how good his defense is. He darts the ball to first base. He has great range. He has great reflexes. He just has a great instinct. He's the one who threw that last out for Joe Musgrove's no-hitter. If he can just improve and become an average MLB hitter, not even a star does not have to replicate what um, Tatis did. That would be an improvement. And that sure up your infield with Cronenworth with Hassan Kim and with Machado, no ball is getting past the infield, at least on that side. The other side may be a little questionable, but, but that's a big time X factor. I don't think a lot of people are talking about. I'm not ready to give up on Hassan Kim after one year. It has been rough and he looked really bad at the plate pulling over 50% of his balls. That was bad. Um, but I think that there's time for improvement. It's been a year, you know. I think he's the type of guy that really could have used a stint in the minors to, you know, amp up his bat. But with that defense, don't. I'm just saying, this is the type of thing that we forget about. There was hype about him last year. Now maybe we get a little bit more uh, exciting. And then the other X factor is probably Mackenzie Gore, who, if he does make the rotation, um, wasn't too long ago that he was a top prospect. So.
1: Yeah, after watching last season, watching Kim last year, this would be like the equivalent would be me giving a, a take on how Nick Ahmed is going to be the X factor for the D-backs in 2022. All defense, no offense. So we'll see. He was a, a pretty big time player in the international waters, Kim was. So hopefully he can tap into some of that offense that he showed overseas and bring it over to the United States. So we'll see what happens there. Mackenzie Gore, like I don't know what that guy's going to be. I haven't looked up any of his MLB minor league profiles or anything like mm. that. I haven't looked at the stats. So we'll see. Like, we're prospects. I'm a wait and see kind of guy. Once you show it to me on the MLB level, then I'll be a believer. I'm not really going to believe in you until I see it. I feel like that's a pretty pretty fair take. So mm. Javi, I feel like we're probably going to do another crossover next week. I do want to do a, a little opening day wager, friendly wager. But I don't want to do it on Let's today's do it. pod because... I don't want to do it on today's pod, hop oh. because oh. I want to do it next week. I want to save it for next week, because this is coming out oh. At least on my end, this is coming out tomorrow. So I'd love oh. to do maybe a little short crossover next week, where we, <laughs> right before opening day, because I want to simmer on this. I really want to think about it. And I also need to know okay. who's starting opening day for the D-backs. Like it, I don't know. When the heck I'm
0: going to put this one out of mind. But yeah, yeah. OK. <laughs> Whenever you want, because Gallant...
1: Gallon's dealing with some shoulder stuff right now, so he might be limited mm-hmm. if he was to start opening day. We might have to mm-hmm. throw Bumgarner out there again opening day. We saw how that went last My season. boy. So your boy might be starting opening day. So that's why I want to wait to do the wager until I officially know who's okay. starting opening day because I think it'll get more juicy if Bumgarner is starting because we already know what the wager is going to be based around. It's going to be... Madison Bumgarner based if he is starting opening day. So we'll save that for next week, Javi. But for the audio listeners, where can they find you on social media?
0: Uh, You can find me at Peno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at LO underscore Padres. That is, you know, what I just said. And then Lockdown Padres on YouTube, trying to get that subscriber count up. And yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this week. We'll probably, let's say, a recap of the series, perhaps is what we might be what might be in store what do you think what do you, what do you okay think? yeah we could do a, a recap. recap that sounds fun
1: That's so fun. then do we need to I do a do. wager right now then <laughs> we're gonna recap the series i
0: don't no no, no. if you really want to if you promise that we do because we've done one every year so mm-hmm. we have if you promise that you're gonna look it over and we do another crossover for for thursday it'll be then, yeah. then i'm in but if you don't okay. if you don't stick to your word if this is you chickening out oh, you want to do a thursday me, hey, recap i've done it to josh the neighbors game? before I've done it to Josh Neighbors before. I will absolutely fl- flame you on the Bird app. I will post the videos and whatnot, even though the one that I posted for Josh Neighbors will walk down, down Nationals low-key hasn't aged well because Trey is awesome. But still, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's still a whole lot of fun to do. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, I'm looking forward to a chat that will happen pretty soon again.
1: So you want to recap after the game? Is that what you're saying? Or do you want to go next day? You want to do that Friday little recap? Because I'd probably be asleep. Yeah. I- Thursday night, once after the
0: no, game. we recap so the entire series, man.
1: Okay, okay, recap the entire series. All right, never mind, never mind. We'll do the wager. We'll announce it on Twitter <laughs> on the Bird app before the series. We'll talk offline what the wager should be, and okay. then uh, or maybe we'll make it secret. Maybe we'll make it a secret. You'll just know what the wager is based off how the series goes or how opening day goes. So that I feel like the people are
0: gonna want to know. I feel like the yeah. people are gonna want to know. All that right,
1: we'll talk about it. We'll talk about. It. That is Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. I am Miller Thomas. Follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just type in Lockdown Dimebacks to both Twitter and Instagram for a podcast handle. We are also on YouTube. We are trying to hit Javi's subscriber count. We are trying to climb <laughs> to that number. So please, 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 please go subscribe Definitely to Lockdown Dimebacks. Go check yep. it out, guys. Come on. Go check it out. Javi, on, I guess I'll see you next come week, come sir. Sometime. We're, we're coming. We're around the corner.